The NSA toll case is one of the most haunting and creepy cases in the history of crime. A strange case, there is no killer, the victim is still alive and well. Anna Sato, a promising 13-year-old beautiful girl, was kidnapped on the way back to her house. For two years, she was imprisoned by a forest fairy. Welcome back to our channel. Today we will come to a very strange case, the mysterious disappearance of Anna Sato and a kind forest fairy Kabuter Auchi. He kidnapped her just because he wanted to watch over her. The details of this case made the police and the public very surprised and had a traces and clues have completely misled the investigative agency. Never before had a case made the whole city so excited and anxious. No one knows where she is. Her parents waited in despair. With all the mystery and horror surrounding the Anasado case, we can't help but wonder if someone is stalking us and waiting to attack us at any moment. The events of our story today will take place around 24 kilometers, 15 miles, to the northwest of Tokyo, and it is from this location that I would like to formally welcome you all to the city of Osaka. Osaka is a real city that can be located in the Saitama Prefecture, which is, of course, a part of the greater Tokyo area. However, it should not be confused with the fictional megacorporation Osaka that appears in the cyberpunk genre. It is rather amazing to believe that this city was once just a small village with four post stations along a highway. That is something to keep in mind the next time you drive by. Osaka was elevated to the rank of a town in the year 1921, and today, more than a century and a half later, it is the location of approximately 150,000 people. Osaka is predominantly what is known as a bedroom community because of its accessible location. Just about 40% of the city's population calls it their primary residence. Despite the fact that they live outside of the metropolitan region of Tokyo, they commute there for work because of its strategic placement. In addition to that, it is one of the most important distribution centers in northern Tokyo. With 10 public elementary schools, 5 middle schools, 2 high schools, and one of Tokyo University's campuses, Osaka is relatively prosperous when it comes to education and rates quite highly among the cities that surround it. This is because the city is home to one of Tokyo University's campuses. Anasato, a first-year student who is enrolled in one of those five middle schools, acknowledges that her community places a high value on education and the teaching profession. Now, Anne is not exactly her true name. She goes under another moniker. It is a name that is often used as a substitute for a person's real name, much in the same way as the name Jane Doe is frequently used in the Western world when the person's real identity is either unknown or concealed. Our tale starts in the year 2014, although its origins can be traced back to the year 2001. When this took place, Anna was 13 years old. Her youth and her family are shrouded in mystery. 
But what is known is that she spent her formative years in Osaka, Japan, with both of her parents there, and that their house was a kind and welcoming environment for her. She was known to be pleasant and well-mannered in addition to being brilliant and witty for her age. She was described as being intelligent and funny for her age. To put it another way, she is not the type of child to disobey her parents or act defiantly. In general, there was nothing about her that could be considered abnormal. She was kind, enjoyed hanging out with her pals, and was well-liked at her school because of these qualities. Her educators lauded her as a bright young lady who would go on to have a very successful life. Anna exhibited a large degree of devotion even though it was only her first year of middle school when she joined the student council. Despite the fact that she enjoyed participating in ballet and was only in her first year of middle school, Anna was described as possessing intelligence, having a promising future, and being prompt. Nevertheless, in March of 2014, that final quality would, for lack of a better description, be eliminated. On March 10, 2014, on this particular Monday, the sky was partly cloudy, and the low temperature fell to a level just slightly higher than the freezing point of water. It was 3.30 in the morning. And as day at school had just ended, and she was currently en route to her house using the path she normally took, even though she was only 13 years old, she was given the responsibility of returning home safely all by herself. You have to understand that in Japan, it is not at all unusual for children of very early ages to walk home from school. Even if there were no culture of trusting one another, Japan would still be regarded as a fairly secure country to live in. Therefore, the sight of a young child strolling home by themselves is nothing out of the norm and nothing to be alarmed about. However, when Anna's parents got home from a long day at work, they found that their daughter was nowhere to be seen, which was out of character for her. There was no reaction when her name was called out in the garden or when we searched the house and called her name. Calling her friends in the school were both fruitless endeavors because no one had seen her. When the Sato family was on the verge of losing their minds, they suddenly remembered that there was a letter waiting for them at the post office. It did not say much, but it was clearly written by her, and on the inside it wrote, I am taking a break from both school and home. Do not bother coming here to look for me, and his behavior in this situation was completely out of character. She was the model of good behavior as a little girl and she would have never done something like this on her own accord. If she really did want to get away from her parents, then why did she leave behind all of the things that were important to her as well as the things that she treasured the most? This made absolutely no sense at all. The Sato family acted very swiftly in reporting a missing family member to the authorities, and by the time evening arrived, Wanted posters were plastered all over the neighborhood in which they lived. These posters brought attention to the fact that at the time of her disappearance, it was highly likely that she was dressed in a school uniform. Unfortunately, the authorities did not have a lot of clues to go on, 
and despite the fact that a neighbor was able to corroborate that they had seen her that afternoon, it did not lead to any significant breakthroughs in the investigation. Officers were led to suspect that she had either been kidnapped or had run away with the young guy because her neighbor had mentioned that she had been conversing with a young man outside of her home, which was frightening. But the sighting did not lead to any further developments. And when the dawn broke over Tokyo, and his family became aware that this was not merely a nightmare but something far more serious than that, they had no idea what had happened to their daughter and there was nothing they could do to find her. The hours quickly turned into days, and as each one went by, the family's situation became more and more terrible. However, on the ninth day after the abduction, another letter was delivered to the post box that belonged to the Sato family, and the other one said that I am doing great. I am sorry that there was so much anxiety brought on by my actions. Do not bother searching for me. Investigators were called in to examine the handwriting on the letter, and while they were able to establish that it was written by Anna, they found that its characteristics did not correspond to the way that she spoke. As a result, it was speculated that it was possible that she was coerced into writing this. The postmark on the letter revealed that it had originated in the prefecture of Chiba, which is situated 40 kilometers, 25 miles, east of Tokyo. Officers from the area were tasked with conducting an investigation, although their efforts would prove pointless in the end. And despite the fact that the family had hoped to get another letter from Anna, they soon realized that their expectations would never be fulfilled because, following this, Anna would cease all communication. After that, there is no trace of her to be found. Anna had been taken captive by a man named Kabuter Auchi, something the rest of the world was unaware of at the time. And Kabu was an odd and peculiar individual in his own right. Kabu entered this world in 1992, making him 22 years old when Anna first made his presence felt. He came from Aikida, which is found in Osaka Prefecture, and his family was rather prosperous when he was growing up. Both of his parents were successful business owners, with his father owning a security company that specialized in physical home security components. He also had a mother who was successful in her own career. This includes elements like door locks, window fences and railings, and rails for the railings. During his time in high school, Kabu was consistently ranked first in his class and had a solid academic record overall. On the other hand, he had a reputation for being quiet, and he did not have too many acquaintances. And in fact, he appeared to be extremely obsessive about various things, which gave off an eerie and occasionally unsettling vibe. Even more egregiously, he was seen as something of a hikikomori and an otaku. For your convenience, hikikomori is a term used in Japan to describe a severe kind of social isolation. It is characterized by adolescents and adults who live an exceedingly secluded lifestyle and are frequently unable to hold down a job or attend school. Otaku are people who are fascinated with specific facets of popular culture 
such as manga and anime. In Kabu's case, this was anime. Otaku are people who read manga and watch anime. Kabu finally achieved a great deal of success in his academic endeavors. After graduating from an aviation school in Tokyo, he moved to California and attended yet another aviation school there to earn his pilot's license. He is now based in the Golden State. After receiving his diploma in September 2013, he moved back to Tokyo to enroll in Chiba University's engineering program in order to further his education in the field. While he was a student here, his contemporaries described him as reserved, particular, and even a touch strange. Nonetheless, as far as they knew, he was content enough. However, nobody was aware of his new, sinister, and terrifying secrets. And beginning in March of 2014, he held Anna, then 13 years old, hostage in his house while he went to school and visited friends as if nothing was wrong. In the evenings, he would return to his house to concentrate on his own human experiment. Therefore, before we go any farther with this narrative, we should probably question ourselves about what exactly transpired in the moments leading up to Anna being kidnapped all of a sudden. To tell the truth, everything started about a week before then. For a very long time, Kaba harbored the ambition to kidnap and study a young female pupil. He was interested in seeing how her thoughts, actions, and body would evolve over time. In addition, he desired to cut her off from the rest of society so that he could see how she would respond when he was the only person influencing her. He initiated his scheme by utilizing a web-based mapping program that was strikingly similar to Google Maps in order to look for the most suitable location in which to track down a potential victim. Because of this, he was able to choose a city that satisfied his requirements, and it seemed that Sucker would be the ideal location for him to carry out the kidnapping. Because it was neither in the middle of the country or in the middle of a major city. It satisfied all of the requirements. And despite the fact that Kabu was unfamiliar with the location, he was able to both physically visit the city and monitor it online. After deciding on a site to carry out the crime, he headed to the scene in order to investigate the victims in the setting. This is when he met Anna Sato for the first time. He was astute enough to note that she frequently made the trip home from school by herself and he reasoned that he might utilize this information to his advantage. After following her, he made the decision to conduct some research, and it was only after he looked through the house's placard and the various other materials strewn about the property that he discovered her real name. On March 10, 2004, he made up his mind to kidnap her exactly one week later, on March 10 of that same year. Anna was on her way home from school on a Monday afternoon at about 4 o'clock. And at this point, Kabu approached her as she was standing outside of her own residence. He induced her to accompany him by deceiving her into believing that her parents were going through a divorce and that he was the attorney for the family in this matter. In addition to that, 
he was ready to drive her to both of her parents, who were apparently already at his place of business waiting for her. Unfortunately, because Kabu knew Anna's entire name, she believed him and his narrative, and as a result, she accepted to ride with him in his automobile. But instead of going to work, he got in his car and drove the 60 kilometers, 37 miles, from Osaka to his own house in Chiba. At this point, Kabu had a fresh and very different narrative to tell her, and she was ready to hear it. He now asserted that her parents had the intention of carrying out the murder of their daughter. It was said that the family had fallen into financial hardship, and in order to rectify the situation, they intended to remove all of her internal organs so that they could sell them on the black market. In addition to this, he sent her a recording that he had fabricated, which purportedly revealed a conversation between her parents in which they agreed to such an idea. However, the recording was a forgery. And this was the point at which the actual manipulation and persuasion started. He started off by assuring Anna that he was the only one who cared for her and the only one who would protect her, that he was her new rescuer, and that he was the only one on whom she could trust. In addition to that, he made statements to her such as no one is coming for you. You are unimportant to everyone. You have been cast aside and now you must roll by yourself. This tale, which she had been hearing for weeks, months, and eventually years, began to take on the status of fact in her head. This psychological condition is actually fairly widespread, and it even has a name. By the way, there is a term for it. After being repeatedly exposed to erroneous information, people have a greater propensity to assume that it is true. This phenomenon is known as the illusory truth effect. When compared to new statements that are not repeated, statements that are repeated make it easier for individuals to digest them. This leads people to believe that the conclusion that is repeated is more accurate. At this point in her life, Anna was going through a period that was incredibly formative for her. She was mature enough to comprehend the fundamental operations of the world at the age of 13, yet she was still swiftly gaining new knowledge when interacting with unfamiliar situations. She was unable to differentiate properly between what was fact and what was fantasy, and as a result, she began to believe Kabu as a result of his persistent speech. Add to this the well-known psychological phenomenon known as the Stockholm Syndrome, which describes a scenario in which a hostage develops sentiments of trust and affection toward their captor. And it was clear that she was immersed in a cloud of bafflement at the time. After this event, her mind continued to engage in a game of psychological warfare for a considerable amount of time, possibly even years. And despite the fact that she was aware that something was off with her circumstances, she did not deviate from her position next to him. Sadly, Kabu was also preoccupied with his own experiments at the same time. The young man had developed an unhealthy preoccupation with brainwashing and hallucinogens, and after he discovered that morning glory flowers have psychedelic effects, 
he began dosing his girlfriend's drinks with them on a regular basis. As far as we are aware, Anna was restricted to a single room within his apartment, which was situated in Chiba, some 40 kilometers, 25 miles, east of Tokyo. Even though she was provided with a number of comforts and amenities, Kabu made it extremely difficult for her to flee the room. He was around virtually the entire time and kept a close eye on the situation. For instance, the door to the bedroom was secured so that it could only be opened from the outside, and all of the exterior windows and the door to the patio were locked. Ironically, the iron rails that were fastened around the perimeter of his land really belonged to the security company that was owned by his own father. Now, there were actually several situations where Kabu neglected to close a window or door, and on these occasions, Anna went a short distance away from the house, just to return before he arrived back home. In other words, Anna was always one step ahead of Kabu. During one of these adventures, Anna finally mustered up the bravery and strength necessary to flee. However, Anna was unsuccessful in her second attempt after approaching a mother and asking for her assistance. The woman responded by stating that she needed to focus on her own children and shooing Anna away. After a few weeks had passed, Anna eventually made her way to a nearby park, where she saw an elderly lady. Fortuitously, despite being asked for assistance, this woman refused and disregarded the other person. Both of these occurrences provided further evidence to support the idea that no one cared for Anna and that, in addition, she had nowhere else to go besides Kabu's flat to call home. And although Kabu was the only one who was unaware of her activities outside the house, no one else was either. Kabu would actually take her outside on little trips, despite the fact that not a single neighbor noticed her leaving the apartment or wandering around the neighborhood on occasion. At other times, she went out to supper with him, accompanying him to the store or restaurant. However, because she felt compelled to continuously have his hand in hers, she was never able to successfully flee. This extremely weird and dysfunctional relationship persisted for a considerable amount of time, and by the time February of 2016 rolled around, Anasato had been gone for nearly two years. The pressure and anguish that her mother and father were going through were staggering. It is common knowledge that the absence of a child for such a significant amount of time is typically a portent of really troubling information. But despite the fact that 23 months had passed with no word, they never gave up hope. She had not yet returned from wherever she had gone. They were both able to perceive it on an innate level. And Anna was, in fact, still alive, despite being held captive, with Kabu still keeping a close eye on her and observing her behavior. In preparation for his upcoming graduation from Chiba University, he relocated from Chiba to an apartment in Tokyo's Nikana Ward that is located close to Higashi Nakano Station. Nikana Ward is located in Tokyo. It had been years since he had last relocated, and Anna was going to accompany him on this journey. 
The ottoman in the apartment was nothing extraordinary, but it served its purpose well enough. It was located a few floors above and featured a balcony along with a view of Tokyo that was partially obstructed. This time around, the room where Anna was being held even had a door handle, which is a fact that would prove to be very significant in the subsequent chapter of our narrative. Because on that day, Sunday, March 27, 2016, an unexpected and unexpectedly stunning turn of events took place in the plot. A phone call was placed to the Sato residence, and shortly after Anna's mother took the receiver from the ringing phone, a soft voice could be heard speaking back. That would be Anna. And her mom had no trouble recognizing her right away. Even though it had been two years, two weeks, and three days since she had last heard her daughter's voice, there she was on the other end of the line. After being informed that Kabu was leaving the house to go to Akihabara City to get a mobile phone, Anna was finally able to make her get away from Kabu's residence. She waited patiently while checking all of the locks. She snatched 170 from the kitchen after waiting a few minutes since, fortunately, he had failed to lock the door. That is equivalent to around $1.30 or one pound sterling. After fleeing the apartment, she found herself at Takashi Nakano Station, and it was there that she made the call back home. She made the call after seeing that the public payphones were green. After a few moments, she dialed 911 to report the incident. The fact that she was braving the bitter Japanese winter with sandals and a flimsy outfit was a clear indication that she was not adequately prepared. And after the police officers realized that she was the person on the missing posters, they then escorted her to the police station which is located inside Tama. After a few hours of waiting, she was eventually reunited with her parents. Surprisingly, Annie appeared to be in relatively good condition and had a positive outlook on life. And despite the fact that she had been held captive for two years, she was fortunately never subjected to any form of physical or sexual abuse throughout that time. Now, as far as these tales can go, the conclusion that had been reached up until this point had been one of immense joy. Not only was she alive and unharmed, but it also appeared as though she had not been subjected to any form of physical or emotional torture. However, there were other characteristics that officers would now have to look at, and regrettably, it became very evident that the experience that she had been through for the previous two years had a significant and detrimental impact on her mental health. Anna suffered from a severe form of post-traumatic stress disorder as well as anxiety. She had fallen behind in school by two years, and there was no sugarcoating the fact that she had missed out on two years of her youth. The path to recovery would be a long and unpredictable one despite the fact that the initial result seemed to be relatively good. As a result of her flight and the large presence of the authorities, Kabu realized that he was in a significant amount of danger. In a state of fear, he ran away to the countryside to figure out what his next step should be. However, he would not get very far since, at around three in the morning. 
The following morning, law enforcement agents ultimately took him into custody after receiving a distress call from a delivery person for a newspaper. The delivery man had called 911. It was discovered that he was standing in the road with a box cutter that was coated in blood and that he had suffered a significant laceration injury to his neck. He eventually confessed that he would try suicide by cutting his neck with a box cutter and then hanging himself from a tree. Nevertheless, despite having such a dull knife, he still managed to make a complete mess of things. Kabul was taken to the hospital, treated there for three days, and then taken into custody as soon as he walked out of the building. After he was taken into custody, Kabu stated that he had always had the intention of carrying out an abduction, even when he was a young teenager attending junior high school. He also revealed that on the night he attempted to take his own life, he ran away to the countryside in the north, got drunk on beer and whiskey, and then tried to use the box cutter he found on the back of a receipt to end his life. He said that this was the night he tried to take his own life. The words I committed a terrible crime were written on his body, which provides some insight into his motivation. But as we all know, he would not obtain the outcomes he desired, and in exchange for keeping his own life, he would now have to go before the courts of Tokyo instead. Now, Kabu had really graduated from university only five days before his arrest. But, before even beginning his trial, they would strip him of his degree as well as any possible merits and move into the legal proceedings of this case. Kabu's trial began in August 2017. But in the end, the court decided to delay making a decision since Kabu's behavior during the trial was so highly irregular that it caused a lot of confusion. Kabu made a variety of peculiar noises, spoke incomprehensibly, shrieked, when he approached the courtroom and even claimed to be a woodland fairy at one point. He went on to say that he no longer understood Japanese and that he had been transformed into an amoeba. An amoeba is a single-celled organism that is frequently a parasite and that can infect a host and even consume brain tissue in some cases. It is not totally clear whether this was a performance to appear insane or whether he had actually lost the plot. It is possible that he was attempting to appear insane. According to the results of a mental evaluation that was carried out by the court, he did in fact have a slight form of autism. However, there were no other conditions that they were able to clearly conclude on. The prosecution argued that Kabu should be held accountable for the kidnapping and incarceration of Anaseto due to the fact that both events were purposefully planned and carried out. However, his defense argued that he should not be held responsible for his acts since he was suffering from schizophrenia, and this should be considered a valid counterpoint. The judge who ultimately issued the ruling remarked that it was clear that the defendant was aware that his activities were unethical and against the law because he attempted several times to cover them up rather than having them brought to light. During one of these attempted kidnappings, the perpetrators used a license plate that had been burglarized. The victim was dealt an unspeakable blow by the deprivation of her precious time.
according to the judge, who added that the imprisonment continued for a very lengthy amount of time. The defense maintained that in his narrative stated there was no physical violence or verbal or sexual abuse during her detention, but in his own psychological examination was not so positive. The defense argued that Inna's account suggested there was no physical violence or verbal or sexual abuse during her confinement. It was determined that she had formed a severe case of PTSD as a result of his acts, and even a year after her release, she was still trying to acclimate to society and was still suffering from excruciating flashbacks. The conclusion was reached that she had developed a severe case of PTSD as a result of his activities. She also suffered from serious social troubles, found it difficult to connect with other people, and was frequently too terrified to walk outside by herself. Cobham maintained that the only reason he had committed the crime was because, to quote him, the instructions were given to his brain. In addition to that, he conveyed to the person who was being examined his deepest condolences. When questioned about why he was calling her that, he said that he regarded his crime as an experiment, and he further stated that he wanted to treat her as an animal, not as a human person. When he was asked why he was calling her that, he said that he considered his crime to be an experiment. The Saitama District Court handed down its verdict on March 12, 2018, and condemned Kabuter Auchi to nine years in jail for his part in the kidnapping and enslavement of Anna. On the other hand, it seemed that both sides of this ruling had some points of disagreement. It should come as no surprise that Kabu desired a lesser sentence and filed an appeal when the public prosecution demanded a minimum of 15 years in prison. But the higher court sterned down his appeal, and to truly rub salt in the wound, in February 2019, they readjusted his sentence to 12 years, instead of nullifying the lower court's verdict of nine. This was a cruel and unusual punishment. Due to the fact that he was captured in 2016, he has already done more than half of the time that he is required to spend in jail. In the year 2028, he is due to be released from the facility where he is now being held. During this period, Anna has moved on with her life and will be 27 years old when she is finally freed from prison. In his heart, and his father claimed he had no doubt that his daughter would one day come back to live with them. After not having seen her in person for two years, his first words to her upon their reunion were, You hung in there. The wait is over. When asked about how he felt, her father told the reporters, I am really relieved. I want to reconnect with my kid by spending time with her so that we can make up for the time that we have lost. Anna says that being aware of her parents' efforts and acts throughout the months and years that she had been aware of their activities via the internet, which she frequently had access to while Kabu was out of the apartment was one of the many things that gave her hope. She claims that this was one of the many things that gave her hope. In a number of the publications, her family was reported as organizing search teams to locate her, and her father was mentioned as often distributing flyers to the general public. 
It is not clear what Anna is doing these days because it is abundantly clear that she is attempting to avoid being the center of attention. But regardless of where she is or what she is doing, I wish for her that she is content and thrives in the situation in which she finds herself. I believe that about sums up our discussion for today, folks, and I cannot tell you how good it is to be able to end on a tone that is generally upbeat. However, what are your thoughts on this particular situation? Do you believe that Anna will be able to make a complete recovery from her injuries? Do you believe that Kabu should have been required to serve a longer sentence? And I have one more question for you, and that is, what do you think about stories that have a more positive resolution? I am truly grateful that you took the time to meet with me today to discuss the Kabu and Anna situation. If you found the previous post intriguing, please consider clicking the like button and subscribing if you haven't already. As is my usual practice, I will be back here soon for another investigation. However, until then, I urge you all to watch out for each other and, most importantly, to prioritize your own safety. Thank you and farewell.